Hosanna. Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Was pretty good. <laughs> Hosanna! 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 In the highest! Hosanna in the highest! That was better. <laughs> in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. A number of years ago, I had the great privilege to attend a Lenten retreat in Albuquerque that was led by Dr. Jeannie Constantinou, who is not only a Bible scholar extraordinaire, but also a Presbyterian who knows the hymns, the iconography, the theology, the ontology of the church. She understands that. So it's, it's a combination of all that rich tradition we have as the backdrop for understanding the Word of God, the Scriptures. And so she is quite gifted, and she took us through Palm Sunday and into uh, Holy Week and uh, so forth as a preparation. Uh, and there were a number of clergy there. And at a certain point, she, she turns to the clergy and she says, I, I, need to, I, I need to ask you to do something for me. I'm, I'm beseeching you. There's a sermon that I've heard so many times. I'm asking you not to do that. <laughs> well, so she had, my, my ears were up, like, what's the sermon that we're not supposed to do? She says, you know the, you know the one where, where, where you say something like, you know, on Palm Sunday, the crowds, you know, cheered Jesus. And on Good Friday, you know, they cried, crucify him. Right? You ever heard that sermon? She said, don't do it. So since that time, I just don't do it. And in a very convincing way, she led us through the scriptures and showed uh, clearly that the, the group that was with Jesus, and it was a large group, as we heard today, not only because he had been doing miracles and preaching and so forth, and, and such a powerful movement was building, and many, many already knew he's the Messiah. They loved him, and they wanted to welcome their king into Jerusalem when he was coming. But not only that, but he raised Lazarus. And that was like, what? You can, you can conquer death. My fears are over. If, I mean, that's, that's the issue, right? That we all, all live under. You know, we all want to live forever because God made us that way. We're destined for eternity. We're destined to live forever. But we also have this human body uh, that is under the, law, the second law of thermodynamics. You know, it's, it's going to get cold at some point, run out of energy. And, uh, you know, that's not good news. And Jesus conquered that. He was the King of kings and Lord of lords. And so she showed how that group of people, which I heard today described as the children of Israel, the infants, we heard it in the Synaxarian, 
uh, reading, uh, Orthros. They are the infants cheering him. You know, all of you, infants, cheering. Out of the mouths of babes come these hosannas. Um, why infants? Why children? Theologically and spiritually, it means single-minded. It means not always deliberating like adults do. Right? Should I do this? Should I do that? What's politically uh, you know, expedient? What should I be doing? Now the Pharisees, they, they're all up in their head, right? They're having a, a, a brainstorm of logismy. But the people of God that see Jesus, they're single-minded. And she shows conclusively that they stayed steadfast throughout it all. And on that Friday, where were they? Some of them might have still been in bed. It was early in the morning when this kangaroo court came together and, and uh, condemned Jesus. But most of them would have been just at home preparing for the Passover, getting the house ready, getting the food, everything, the last minute uh, decorations and so forth. So the people of God were doing what the people of God do. They're preparing to be in the temple. They're preparing to be in the presence of the Lord. But there were a small group and uh, rabble rousers and so forth uh, that are uh, more politically oriented. And they are, or let's say they're on that psychological and political level of constantly deliberating and have this argument and this argument and so forth. And like I said, an electrical storm in their cranium, just unbelievable uh, chaos in their minds. And of course they're gonna come up with stuff like this and pay a few people to say, crucify him, get rid of him, he's no good. And she showed that really, really clearly. So I'm not gonna say that in the sermon today. <laughs> But I do want to say this, that just because this large group that loved Jesus and saw him as Messiah weren't the ones screaming crucify him, it is nonetheless true that we as believers are going to have moments in our lives of up, like Palm Sunday, and there are going to be times where we go down. We're going to, we need to expect that. That there are going to be moments where we move from the mountaintop down into the valley. C.S. Lewis calls this the law of undulation, and he says it is a law that is in the human person, it's part of our natural <coughs> Because we're made to be both like the angels, we're made as spirit, as fire, as wind. And we're also made as clay. And so, as, as uh, finite, as I said, subject to death. And so we're going to have highs and lows. It's natural. We're going to have ups and downs. And we wish we could always be on the mountaintop. But Lewis says, this is in uh, the Screwtape Letters, he says, you know, uh, 
God does his greatest work down in the valley, in the valley of the shadow of death. That's where we really learn to trust our Savior. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup runneth over. And I know this, even in the depths of the valley, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Why? Because I dwell in the house of the Lord forever. <coughs> Jesus has made me, the, made me the house of the Lord, has made you the house of the Lord. You will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This past week I was reading I'm reading very slowly and meditatively through a book uh, that Archimandrite uh, Zacharias, who's a friend of, of the Antiochian Brotherhood, uh, called Hesychism, The Bedewing Furnace of the Heart. Ooh, I like the title. I had to just buy the book for that. <laughs> and as often happens, I'm preparing for the homily today, and I, I go to a reading, just, it seems coincidental, you know, divine providence. And I see exactly what I'm, the point I'm trying to make here right now, about the fact that, yes, we're going to have, we're going to have temptations when we go down low. We could be tempted to deny Christ, unless we have the right medicine and the right pronoma, the right mindset for understanding that this is natural, these highs and lows. So listen, he quotes St. Silouan. He says, St. Silouan writes, the journey of following after Christ, I pictured the great entrance of, uh, that we do here, but also the great entrance of Christ into Jerusalem in the palm branches and the garments on the ground. The journey of following after Christ throws us continuously either into extreme suffering or into the luminous realm of the triumph of divine love. He says that as we follow Jesus, we're going to have highs we're going to taste of his love. We're going to have, where we take the wings of the morning and we fly up. You know, God created mankind to fly. It's our destiny to be people of transcendence. And he says there are going to be times where you experience that so extremely with a sense of wonder awestruck wonder, you're going to be caught up in the triumph of victory, the triumph of divine love, the triumph over death. You're going to feel light inside, and at other times, with extreme suffering. That's the valley. You're going to, that's going to happen. It's not maybe. It's not like if you're a good Christian, that's never going to happen to you. It'll happen to you more. Why? And now Father Zacharias makes commentary on this. And he says this. 
He says the phenomenon of vacillation, or the law of undulation, to use Lewis's word, the phenomenon of vacillation, going high and then down into the valley, in spiritual life, can often lead many to despair. The outpouring of grace upon man, and then its withdrawal, is part of the Lord's chastening. Remember the scripture says, those whom he loves, he chastens. And if we're not being chastened, what does that mean? No, God always loves. He loves everybody. But he's, a, he's at work to teach us. That's a chastening. He's, he's instructing us with a, sometimes a little, a little bit of, you know, the knock up the side of the head. Remember who you are. Okay. So he says, the outpouring of grace upon man and then its withdrawal from him is the Lord's chastening, whereby he trains us not to yield to two most destructive thoughts, pride and despair. He says that as you go up, What's the danger? Pride, right? Even St. Paul, when he was caught up, I don't know if I'm in the body or not, he said. It doesn't matter. He became all fire. He became all wind. He was spirit. He was, he was up there. <clears throat> and he saw things that shaped his ministry the rest of his life and that we are inheritors of his teaching from what he saw, the revelations he saw. And then what did our Lord do for him as a gift? Do you remember? He gave him a thorn in the flesh. Ow! Whoa! I wasn't expecting that. Wow! Why? That he might not be puffed up. It's a danger. That he might not get sucked up into this most destructive of thoughts. And it's not just thoughts, it's an energy. Pride. And God is also giving us these gifts so that we don't fall into pride's inversion, despair. Sometimes people think, you know, pride and and despair, they don't have anything in common. Uh, they're just the inversion of each other. When somehow you see you're not as good as you think you are, you despair. And even that is pride. Because if we humbled ourselves, we'd say, I'm amazed I'm not worse than I am. I'm just stunned I am not worse than I know myself to be. It's only by the grace of God that I am who I am. And so we learn this path of going up and how to come down in that kenosis, in that self-emptying, in that pride, I mean self-emptying of pride, and in that way that 
allows us to hold these two dynamics of flight and of right landing in a way that combines in our bodies heaven and earth. Because that's your priestly calling, to join heaven and earth in your bodies as an icon of heaven and earth, of the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So I want to end with an image that comes to me every Palm Sunday. Maybe it'll be helpful for you. If it's not, let it go. But the image I have, you know, historically, when a king would come to town and they just, uh, you know, won a victory and the people would come out, uh, that is to say that the Jews or the Christians didn't make up the idea of getting palms. That, that goes back a long, long time. But that symbol gets transformed in this day to day, in this event. Because no longer is it just branches where we say, whoa, king, you, you saved the day, you saved our kingdom, you on an earthly level, you fought the battle, and we are cheering you, and we're throwing down cloth and our, our vestments and garments before you, and so forth, and cheering you. No, when I hold up this palm, it's Lazarus. It's Lazarus. It's as if God gives me enough strength to pick up, you know the icon of Lazarus that looks like the, he's wrapped up in the, in the grave clothes? Because he is our sign of victory. He's the universal sign that what Jesus did in Lazarus He's going to do in you. We just sang it, you know, over and over and over. And we're going to sing it more, I think. He's the sign. He is the, that this poem now becomes Lazarus. It's, it's universal now. He's the sign. So then it morphs, in my mind, from Lazarus here in the grave clothes, um, to me. And Father James and each and every one of you, this is you. You are the sign. You lift it up high. Be bold. My destiny is in heaven. My Messiah has come. He's overcome death. He did it for Lazarus and hell trembled. On Friday night we've heard Hell said to Lazarus, go, get out of here. <clears throat> maybe, just maybe he will be satisfied with just you. And hell and death begin to have a belly. It's such a great, if you haven't been to the canon of St. Lazarus on Friday night, it's just so good. All right? Yeah. <laughs> Hosanna! Yeah. It is so good. Hell is just like, oh, oh, Lazarus, get out of here. Maybe just, I've never felt this way before. Never, never have I taken a soul. You know, he's so parasitic. Never have I taken the soul, my precious, and, you know, taken it into Hades and had it removed. Never has that happened in human history. Get out of here. Maybe he'll be satisfied with just you. 
I don't think so. <laughs> what he did to that one, he's going to do to all of us. He's going to call us forth from the tomb. And then he says this to the people. You unwrap his grave clothes. It is God who raises the dead. And he's given to the church the great gift of unwrapping grave clothes. What you do when you go to confession, you say, here are my grave clothes. Father James, could you help me get this, get me undone, I've been bound up. And he unbinds you. And what do you do with those clothes? Those are the garments that you put on the ground that the donkey of humility carrying the King of Kings and Lord of Lords tramples down death by death. And those garments, so you're unwrapping that, those are my, my garments. Of course they're the garments also you could, of praise and thanksgiving that I'm throwing on the ground, but what about those garments that I feel when I'm in the valley? that I need to be unbound from. Palms and garments, height and depth. Where can I go from thy presence, O Lord? If I, if I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the grave, you are there. You are with me always, even unto the end of the age. These two symbols, height and depth, Palms and garments. I throw my garments of hope and I throw my garments of no hope. When I've lost all hope and find divine hope, because there's always hope if we're in Jesus Christ. That's what this day means. And we hold heaven and earth together. And we throw the garment and we fly up with the wings of the wind. And we find our home both in heaven and on earth at the same moment. And that, my dear brothers and sisters, is the meaning of Palm Sunday. And next Sunday, we're going to pull out all the stops and sing it even louder. But for today, Hosanna! 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 Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest! Hosanna!